Hey everybody, welcome back to That Scale RC Show for episode number 42. Uh, this is one of your hosts, Jeremy, along with... Adam. And today, as promised on Facebook, if you saw our post, we have a special guest with us who has been a uh, fixture in this hobby since I got into it. Um, so, I mean, I've, I've known him to be around for a long time and probably even longer than I realized before I got into the hobby. We've got Dan Davidson here from Beef Tubes. How's everybody doing this evening? Doing good, man. Doing good. It's good that we got you on here finally so that we can uh, question you and interrogate you and learn everything we need to know about what all you've uh, done up until this point in the hobby and what your plans are for the future and things like that. So uh, why don't we turn you over to Adam here and he'll get some questions for you to uh, let everybody get to know you a little bit better yeah and it's also been a minute since we've had a guest so I had to dig these questions out of the back of the drawer <laughs> so alright um, so just feel free to answer them however you want to answer there's obviously no right or wrong answer it's just uh, icebreaker questions so we'll start out with the first one which is what would what was your first scale crawler uh, my first scale crawler was, oh, the original, way back in the day, the actual SCX-10. Back nice. when, that was, oh God, how long ago was that, Jeremy? Oh, came out. man, I don't even, that was so far before my time, Adam probably has a better idea. Okay, I think they, only... they, well, the, the first one actually came out, I want to say around 2010-ish. Yeah. That sounds Something like right. that? Yep. Yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't so, uh wasn't very popular back then. Really? No. I mean no, it was kinda just the new truck and I mean the comp crawlers was real big at the time. So Yeah, like I've said I in the no past yeah, like I said in the past, it's been um, like I remember when I was getting mine. It was probably around the same time Dan was. Uh, you still had like I was still torn between do I go with the SCX10 or do I go with the Scorpion because the yeah. Scorpion was still like based off of the comp crawler kind of scene. Right. So. Wow, no kidding! I never would have guessed that. Like I, I only started getting interested in all of this stuff in 2015. So there's like a huge, huge chunk of uh, history in the hobby that I ended up missing out on. Again, a lot, a lot yeah, happened you, in five years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bet you were very late to the party. <laughs> yeah, it, typical, typical. <laughs> <laughs> and what would be your favorite scale crawler? Uh, favorite crawler to date would be my personal uh, Vanquish VS410 Pro that uh, I'm sure many of you are aware of. I'm sure both of you guys have seen it. Um, good friend of mine, Nick Barber, out of Orlando, Florida, he challenged me. He did one himself with uh, the Origin, and he challenged me to build mine, complete, and then rattle can it, John Deere Green, which I was successful at doing. <laughs> That's awesome. And now is is that the same guy that had the uh 
International Harvester yep, Red, he like did, the Tractor yes. Red. Okay. Yes, he did his. That was the origin. Man, um, that was such a controversial thing. Oh, when yeah, he it, did it a was. Of that. <laughs> it's like you know, I had to, I had to take him up on his, on his challenge. So just because of that, I mean, why, why would you care what I do with my truck? Yeah, exactly. No, I, it exactly. looks great. We'll have to post some pictures of it when uh, we put the episode up so that everybody can see it in case they've missed it because it it looks really really good. Oh yeah. Um, let's see. So, where would your favorite place to go crawling be? I um, I attend an event every year in Eastern Pennsylvania. Uh, Western Pennsylvania, sorry. Uh, the RC Four Drive East Coast Scale Challenge. Um, for being in Pennsylvania, you know we don't have the giant rocky Moab terrain that is out west, but it's it's got boulders, you know, the size of one-to-one trucks, and it's an awesome event put on by awesome guys. They set up some awesome courses, and that's I'm more of a a comp guy, I guess you will. I mean, I know you said you your favorite place to go trailing, but I enjoy five minutes, ten gates. I mean, trailing is fun, but I don't know. I just, I got competition in me, always have, so it's human nature, I guess. Yeah, right on. Oh, yeah. Well, so this t- will tie into the next question. So uh, what would be your favorite event? Uh, people's going to say I'm biased with this answer, but it's obviously the Team K&K TTC for several reasons. Um, one, it's 20 minutes from my house. Two, it's the world's largest scale competition. And it's just it's an awesome event overall. I forget the numbers last year in attendance, but it was over 500 trucks. Um, just great people. You know, three, three days of hanging around like-minded individuals, playing with toy trucks you can't beat it i didn't realize oh, yeah. you're only 20 minutes away that's pretty awesome and yeah. that has grown in popularity a lot over the last few years hasn't yes. it yeah each year it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and this year uh it was expected to be even bigger but this junk going around the country right now they had to do the right thing and cancel it so i guess we'll just look forward to 2021 yeah sadly so enough, they canceled it's... it altogether they didn't push it back yeah well it makes it hard to reschedule such a big event because you don't want to conflict with other events you know you don't want to take their date away from them and such and you know a lot of big event coordinators they get together at the beginning of the year and figure out you know their calendars just so they don't overlap with each other so i guess the kids oh, okay. figured it would be easier just to uh basically cancel it and you know do it next year that's pretty rad because I know like the area that we're at, there's not a lot of uh, consideration as far as like other people's <laughs> schedules. And like, so nobody's ever really, you know, like thought, well, hey, you know, everybody can do better if we work together, you know, attendance wise, we'll have bigger numbers if we can all, you know, not schedule over the top of each other. But that just that hasn't really caught on here yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully it will one day. Yeah. So next question is, what is the current number of rigs you own? Uh, I can look at them right here on the shelf. 
I'm counting 19. Damn. Nice. And that's that's scale trucks. Um, then I've also branched off into the 114 scale, so there's uh, half a dozen of those. I'm building, I don't know about out there with you guys, but uh, the uh, no prep drag racing is taking off. Mm. Oh, yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Um, that's that's currently what's on my workbench, building one of those. So. Right on. Me too. What are you uh, you doing associated based? Uh, slash for now. I, oh, right on. I will be doing uh, associated once there's get here. Right on. Well, that'll be cool. I didn't even nice. realize you were interested in that stuff yet. You there, Adam? Oh, yeah, I'm still here. I just went. You went dead silent. You asked him about if he's still interested in it, and it went dead silent. So I thought I wasn't sure oh. if anything happened or not. Oh no, I'm sorry. No, I was just waiting for you. <laughs> so yeah, um, so I think you've already kind of touched on this one, but we'll ask it anyways. Comp versus trail days. Which one do you prefer? I prefer comp, um, and, and that's that's kind of a double-edged sword um it depends on the comp and it depends on the people you're comping with i i like comping but i don't like comping with a bunch of raging a-holes <laughs> uh, just because i do it for fun and, and i always tell people and yes i've won trophies big deal but if if you're playing with a toy truck with the whole intention of winning a trophy you're in it for the wrong reasons <laughs> yeah exactly and, and it's just I mean that yep. that rubs guys the wrong way like I said it's human nature to be competitive but my god <laughs> if you need a trophy that bad you know let me know what you wanted to say and I'll have you one made and send it to you just, <laughs> I, you can put President of the United States on it, it doesn't matter. oh yeah uh, which I think is a lot of the reason why uh, the comps kind of died out down here in the west but yeah. Too much of that whole competition. Right. Some people just take it too serious. And I, like I said, I understand. And if that's what you want to do, that's fine. Just I ain't going to do it with you. <laughs> oh, I totally understand. Um, if you were to walk into a hobby store right now, what would be the next rig you would purchase? Uh, the Axial 10-3. And that's... Nice. Reason being, obviously, I'm a manufacturer, so I have to I have to buy all the new rigs when they come out to in order to make parts for them. Yeah, right on. That get, yeah, that gets expensive after a while too. I <laughs> noticed like that. It's hard to. It's really hard to keep up, and plus, like, I'd love to keep every single one of them that we've you know done that too, as far as like getting it and doing a template for it and stuff like that. But it's just not well, always feasible i mean no. especially when you think about like electronics and stuff and it, i mean it can get out of control really quick. yeah I, I i used to be the same way and i finally got to the point with the what broke me was the trx4 when i you know bought that and was prototyping parts and got done i, I sold it i mean i didn't have room on the shelf to sit it and i ain't gonna sit it on the floor so <laughs> yeah i did the same thing i think we had it for about a month and it was like oh it's cool and everything you know it was quality rig but we had the bronco and it just it had so many bells and whistles that 
they didn't really apply to the type of stuff that I drive on, and so I, it just I ended up getting rid of it. Right. Yep. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I'm. You already know my answer on that one. I got too many rigs as it is, and it's hard to justify <laughs> another one. Yeah. You can only drive one at a time. Exactly. So the last question for the icebreakers is, uh, what's your favorite hobby shop? Man, you're trying to get me in trouble with that question. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Me personally, um, it's my local hobby shop, Hamilton Hobbies. Um, And I tell everybody, you know, support your local hobby shop just for many, 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 many reasons because they are a dying breed. And when you, if you're in the if you're in the business in this hobby, you understand that people that own hobby shops ain't millionaires by no means. Yeah. And you know the internet's cool, makes it great, and there's a couple great internet shops. You know, Beef Tubes is one of them. But if if you can and and if you have a local hobby shop, support them. It just it's simple as that. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. We've we've tried to advocate advocate that all the time. Yeah, it's not a like I said, it's not a it's not a you don't open a hobby shop with the intent to get rich and retire. It doesn't work that way. Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, so um how about we do this? Um how about we use that as a segue into um I guess more of what you do with the hobby. You've already touched base with, um, you know, a little bit of background what you do, uh, but we, Jay and myself, know what you what you do. How about you tell the rest of the listeners what exactly you do for the hobby? Um, what we do at Beef Tubes is we manufacture and sell um, upgrades, if you will. Um, our parts, most of our parts benefit a rig in three ways. They add strength, um, and they add a solid, a rigid point for much of the hardware to screw into versus the plastic, and also the added weight down low to improve the center of gravity of the truck. And we've branched off, I mean, that's our main focus on parts, but we've branched off, good God, our, our parts list is, I've got one laying here. It's over 150 different parts that we've got now, um, and like I said, we don't. We're we're different from most. We're not like the Chinese guys where we just try to flood the market with pretty colored purple parts. Um, <laughs> we we we're we're not the fastest at releasing you know a new product, and there's a reason for that. Besides being a small family-owned operation, uh, we test our products. We're not going to sell you something that doesn't do what it's supposed to do it just doesn't make any sense yeah exactly it's um so when when did you start beef tubes like how long ago was this like like how long were you in the hobby before you realized like okay you know what i see an area for improvement with what's Um, currently offered i've been in the hobby for the hobby of rc for over 30 years um, been in the scale, and it was scale it goes beyond the scale. It started as a comp crawler stuff, you know, back before axial, but when you had to actually build a truck and not buy a truck. 
But believe it or not, I am not the originator of the Beef Tubes brand. Um, really? There was a guy, and I, his name has just totally left my mind. Um, anyway, RC Crawler, you guys are aware of RC Crawler. Forums used to be the place to go uh, before Facebook. And he made just basically steel beef tubes for the SCX-10, the original one that we discussed earlier. And I had them in my truck. And I was building a new truck. And I contacted And, you, you know, he didn't. It was kind of, you know, basement, backdoor operation, no websites or anything. You just drop him a message, you know, hey, I need a set of tubes. And he would make them sell them to you. And I contacted him because I needed a set, and he said he was done. He wasn't doing it anymore. And that was kind of a shock because they it was a great product, and it worked. And um, we was at a comp a couple weeks after that, and me and a buddy was just talking about it. And I said, man, you know, you can't, you can't get them tubes anymore. And he's like, well, you know all about machine work. Why don't you start making them? And it just, it was like it flipped the switch, you know, the little Christmas light point there for a second. <laughs> so, God, I wish his name would, would come to me, but I, I'm drawing a blank. <clears throat> but anyway, I contacted him, did it, you know, what the what what I felt was the right way to do it, and asked him for permission to make, you know, make a set. And he PM'd me, he sent me the drawings and measurements, all that, and he said, have at it, you know, I'm done with it. And that was... 2008-ish. Wow. And, you know, that was just the standard steel. That was our first product, the standard steel SEX-10 tubes. And like I said, now we're up to over 150 products. And started them in 2008, and we went official taxpaying licensed business in 2010. And here we are 10 years later still humping. Man, that's some pretty rich history in the hobby. Did you did you at all like? I mean, I, I know whenever whenever somebody decides they're going to kind of make the leap and actually become a business, you know, and a, a small business, I should say, you know, in this hobby, you you have like all of these like really grand ideas for the direction that you're going to take things and there's a lot of like what ifs like well what if we did this in the future wouldn't it be cool if we did this i mean you know like 10 12 years ago i mean did you ever imagine that you would have like the diversity of the line that you have now with like wheels and now servos and i mean just all the different stuff that you offer no not at all (laughs) (laughs) it was it was uh i don't want to say better times but it was better times <laughs> yeah. Just, oh, oh, yeah. Exactly. It was so simple. I mean, and that's that's another part of it that you know, I, a lot of people with history in the hobby they know, but the newer people don't know it's And it makes you feel good when when people compare you to you know somebody like Vanquish. You know, Vanquish is an awesome product line. You know, a full blown, real deal place. Right. And you know, I. Personally, I still work 40 plus hours a week. You know, I have a real job. It's not it's not beef tubes. You know, beef tubes right. doesn't feed the family. I honestly do it because it's how much I love the hobby. I mean, the hobby is just it's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. I mean, like it, there's so many things that goes into it. Like, I mean, even 
I don't know, like some people, they, they set out knowing like, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to make wheels and, you know, that's what what this is going to be, you know. Right. And then there's all of these like other ideas that you end up having and everything and like you're not prepared for like even little stuff like assigning part numbers. Like if you get big <laughs> enough to where, you know, like let's say a main's going to carry your stuff like, you know, they do with your stuff and with my stuff. Like I had to all of a sudden come up with like part numbers for everything uh-huh. and then try and, you know, think like, okay, do you do it alphanumeric or just numeric? And like, there's so many little things, you know, and then factoring in, you know, enough of a margin with dealer pricing, you know, for them to make their yep. percentage and stuff like that. And it's just, there's so much I think that goes into this that people don't realize. And especially, you know, when you do make the jump to being like a, you know, legit business with a tax ID number and stuff like that. I mean, it's like, I I can't imagine doing what you do just, you know, in your spare time yeah, after it's, it's, getting done with work. It's, it's pretty crazy. It's nonstop. It's, I mean, I enjoy it. I mean, I, I'm the type of person that if, if I sit down and turn the TV on, there's something wrong with me. I just, <laughs> I hate it. I I mean, as as I'm talking to you, I don't know if you can hear the stapler in the background. I'm feeling orders. You know, it's just, it's, it's, <laughs> I can't sit still. I, if I'm sitting still, just I'm going to sleep. You know, and it's yeah. it's fun. I mean, I, like I said, I enjoy it at times. It's it's overwhelming, and you know, you get uh, like a main. They'll send you a purchase order, and it's like, oh my god, you know, that's going to take forever to fill. I mean, that's you know, like you said, beyond the part numbers, and you know, every single beef tips product that leaves here i have physically touched i placed it in the bag i've stapled the bag tag on it i i've licked the stamp stuck it on the envelope if you will it's just it's it's a lot but like i said oh yeah it's great I, i if i didn't enjoy it i wouldn't do it i can tell you that i've had that discussion with people recently too you know because like with rc it's kind of weird because people are super intense about their timelines, almost more so than if it was like their real car that they used to get <laughs> yes. to work back and forth, you know, like they kind of treat it with the same urgency. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I've, I've had to do the exact same thing, you know, where it's, you know, let people know that, Hey, you know, I touch every single part that comes through this place from the second that it's a keystroke to like you just said stapling it and package it up and selling it and it's kind of crazy because like especially when you do deal with a company like a main where they're placing large orders like that it's kind of gnarly because like for example i just got a po from them and there's 35 bec wiring harnesses on there and so it's like 35 harnesses i have to solder myself and package and heat shrink and everything and it's like it gets really easy to have all these great ideas and then end up creating this monster <laughs> that you're trying to keep up with and it's so hard mm-hmm. well on top of that oh, like you, i've said in the past go ahead oh, go ahead as, as you as you're doing all that your gears are also turning trying to come up with a new product Yep. You know, it's just that's, <laughs> and so you're just increasing that load over and over and over and over again. But you have to because you almost feel like you like owe it to people to come out with new stuff because that always is such a thing, you know, like everybody always wants to know, you know, well, when's the new 
version coming out or when are you mm-hmm. guys going to have something new or and it, it's so hard to try and like keep up with all of that and everything and that process never really turns off i mean like last night i had you know an idea at 2 a.m i couldn't sleep and then you know ended up having it all executed and finished up by 6 a.m this morning and it's all awesome. posted and stuff and it's like it's funny because those little moments of inspiration, you kind of have to almost just jump on them because it's so easy for something else to take priority over it. And so yes. I know with me, it's like I got to, you know, fit in those moments where I have like, you know, a light bulb comes on and I thought of something. And it's it's, it's just it's tough, man. And it's I don't think anybody's ever going to understand like the whole picture until they've actually, you know, like submerse themselves yeah you have to you have to be into it i mean you you just have to witness it it's uh, and then it's not i'm not patting myself on the back and you're not either it's just it's a lot of work oh yeah and then you have the fear like okay if i make this commitment financially to start making these like are people gonna like them and i know like with me i've got like kind of a core group of people that i run stuff past for ideas and everything before i just throw something out there and it's always so scary to put you a got, ton of you got a lot of oops, trust sorry. if you run your ideas across with people <laughs> well i i just there's some that i just i need that little bit of reassurance because i'm yeah. so worried about coming out with something and having it be a flop and i just i don't know i'm a chicken when it comes to that <laughs> stuff like I, I want everything to be a success you know so it's, yeah, it's it, hard and it doesn't always work out that way but you, you know I, I get oh i don't know it's slowed down quite a bit but um, perfect example of that is Red Cat, and I'm not knocking Red Cat in any way, shape, or form. But I get messages, you know, why don't you make this for Red Cat, or why don't you make that? Well, you have to look at it from a business perspective. You know, what's what's a Red Cat new? Two hundred bucks, two hundred twenty-nine dollars, something like that. Mm-hmm. If 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 you're going to buy a two hundred dollar crawler, are you going to buy a fifty dollar part for it? That is a weird question because, like, some people are going to be, yeah, absolutely, and then others, they're not going to. They're just going to run it the way it is and be perfectly right. happy. Right. So that's why, as, as that's, you know, when you roll out a new product, like you said, it's you want it to be successful, but at the same time, is it worth the R&D and the cost to make the product and then it just sit there? Well, and then your time that you spend drawing something, too, because, I mean, even though you and I are in different businesses, it all still starts with something being drawn, like in my case, Illustrator, and then, you know, you're using CAD or SolidWorks or something, you know, that fits with what you do. And, I mean, just the drawing stuff for a new part takes a lot of freaking time. That's that's one thing that people don't understand, and... A manufactured part and even even in your business Jay, with the stickers that's mm-hmm. where the time is yeah it, it takes more time to draw be it a, a, a wrap or a beef tube and and I mean the machining parts easy <laughs> you punch the program you hit the green button and you know it's like a slot machine they just start coming out the end of the machine but yep exactly it's, it's the design work yeah it's it's like people don't understand there's always a business aspect to everything and if you look at everything through a business mindset it starts to make sense to you when you're the consumer trying to get this stuff um i've had this conversation with jay numerous times uh like i have a vinyl plotter like 
that I use for my own personal stuff. I don't manufacture stickers or anything, but I have a couple friends that go, hey, can you cut me this? Can you cut me that? And it's like, you guys don't realize it's like that little <laughs> detailed, intricate thing will take me two hours to weed out because you want it the size of a quarter, and if <laughs> well, that's, anything that's tears that. or rips... <laughs> That's after they send you. Like, they send you a blurry JPEG. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. I, I used to do graphic work. Yeah. I had a plotter. I you know, I know all what you guys are talking about. It's like, no, I can't make that picture. <laughs> I have to draw that. exactly. And it's and it's and the hard part is it's like, like I know Jay understands this because we've had this conversation. But we always say like, if you're gonna come up with something, especially for that, try to be as simplistic as possible. You know, you want it to be a little. Um, you know, like picture it coming out as a sticker. Don't like try and have all like the bells and whistles and this unicorn flying out of this thing because it's like you're never going to be able to capture that in a little quarter size thing. If you want it to be that small, now right. you want it to be two feet in diameter. Well, that's a different story, but still, it's like I, it's funny because I've had people say, "Well, can't you do this?" It's like, no, I'm not touching. That. It's not happening. Well, why not? <laughs> Oh man, people do not like being told no. Like the minute you have something, a situation like what you're describing and you're like, man, I'm sorry, you know, it just, it doesn't make sense right now. Or, you know, like I had a similar thing happen not too long ago where a guy wanted some really oddball colors and he, with what he wanted, I needed to use the Gerber machine for because it had uh, chrome in it and then some other colors. So I couldn't use an inkjet. And so the the foil for that printer is over a hundred bucks a color. And I was trying to explain to this guy, I was like, Hey man, you know, I've been in business since 2011. This is the first time that somebody's ever wanted purple with Chrome. And I can't justify, you know, spending a couple hundred bucks in materials for a $20 sale, you know, like maybe at some point I could do that, but just the way that things are right now with you know, having a small business and where you've got to spend your money in certain areas and everything, you know, it just, it doesn't make sense. And dude just didn't get it. And he was messaging my kid, you know, your dad doesn't want my business and blah, blah, blah. And I, I'm just like, dude, that's not it. You know, I mean, it's just, I can't spend 200 to, you know, for a $25 sale. It just doesn't make sense. And God, people don't like being told no. I mean, I get it. Being told no sucks, but I mean, like, there's a whole right. other thing you got to take into consideration when it's you know specialty stuff like that, and that, that's that's what's really hard is you know you spend a lot of time actually trying to like edu educate the customer about not only what you make but why you do what you do also, so that they don't feel like you're just turning them away or giving them the shoulder, you know? Right. Yeah, I, that's only really happened to me once. Like, I that I could say that was kind of like bad. Would I guess would be the, when I finished that yellow blazer? Some guy liked the cage work and wanted me to mimic it, and I said, I I'm sorry. It's almost like it's like almost like when you're out filming and you're like you get that one shot perfectly the one time you'll never be able to replicate it again if you're doing it that way. And I just like can't do right. it. I'm sorry. I, can't come out with another one. It's it one. It won't look the same. Or I would have had to have made a jig as I'm doing this. Because there are companies out there that, you know, in their you know when they're doing that, they're coming up with a way to make it as a reproduction and something they can just keep slamming out. Uh, when you're doing custom one-off, you're not really thinking about, hey, can I re replicate this again down the line? You're just kind of like, oh, look, this looks cool. Let's do it. 
right. So it's like, yeah, so it, it's it's hard. It's a hard path to go down, but um, I think we could say most businesses have encountered something similar to that at some point. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned that you were in the graphics business, and I, I kind of knew you had a little bit of a background, but... And I know, like, myself, when I deal with you, I'm super spoiled because you always send me, like, the artwork's perfect <laughs> and it's got the contour cut lines and stuff. But, like, you – so all the character stuff, that's that's all you, right? Like, the, the bull and everything yep. and the llama. and Dude, your character drawing is so good. It looks so nice. Like, I can't – that's something that I've always really struggled with and I'm not super good at, you know, like – my area is like stripes and patterns and stuff like that. And I'm just not talented in that way. So I'm always really impressed with these awesome characters, you know, that your artwork has and stuff. And it, it's something that I think everybody really enjoys it because it's just, it's cool. And it's, you know, fun stuff to look at when you do those. It's... I appreciate that. It's, it's, I don't know. I've always enjoyed art, if you will. I mean, going back to a kid, it was nothing for me to, grab a pack of colored pencils and a notebook and just sit down for hours and draw just, yeah. <laughs> I, just I, I, I just i love graphics work <clears throat> like you said i make i've made all my own logos um so been in the graphics business so like you said i know i know what you need to put a sticker yeah um, exactly and i've i've designed logos for other companies in the rc hobby so it's just it's i enjoy it it is a lot of fun. I think logo works probably, probably my favorite thing that I do. I think is coming up with logos and stuff. I have a really good time with that. Yeah, I wish I had the computer skills to play around with that. Um, just not in my forte. <laughs> well, and then for you too, Adam. It's time. You know, like you are a busy dude. I mean, I I don't feel like I get enough time to get out and crawl and stuff like that and you have way way less like fractions of the amount of free time that i spend crawling it's even less for you just because of so many things that you've got going on and especially that you know you're self-employed and you know you're a rc hobbyist and stuff and so it's like with your line of work you don't have you know like a, a set schedule where you can you know work on stuff i mean you know your your weekends and nights and whatever it takes to get the job done so it's you know it's hard i I think if you had the time to spend on it you'd probably end up being really good at it just because i mean you've got a good eye for stuff and everything with what you build and it, it's i don't know it's a fun thing to mess around with and i think you'd probably really like it you know what i should probably do is no, go ahead. It's it's any design work. I mean, whether whether you're using SolidWorks, you know, to design a 3D part or Illustrator to design a logo. Um, I'm self-taught in both of them. I never took a class one. And and like Jay said, it's time. If if you have the time, you can sit down and figure it out. Well, see, that's what I was going to say. I should probably take that up as a hobby during all this time because they shut our big job down. So it's almost like I feel like I have nothing but time. I'm like trying to figure out stuff to do to keep myself sane because I'm not used to not <laughs> getting up and going to work and going to the picking up material in the morning. Going, to, you know, it's like 
I'm used to doing all that, so by the time I get home, the last thing I want to do is, oh yeah, I got to mess with this now. Great, and you're right. so now it's like, okay, what can I do? So yeah, yeah, it's um, there's, there's like, and I'm sure Jake can attest, and he could probably fill you in better. But like, if you wanted to design a logo, there's plenty of free programs that you could download. You know, good enough programs <laughs> that and. You know, challenge yourself. Find find a picture online, and then try to recreate uh -huh. that with with your mouse and clicking buttons. It's and you'll you'll soon learn. I mean, it's I'm not going to say it's easy by no means, but you'll you'll pick it up pretty quick. And you learn like weird little stuff, like the way <laughs> yes. things are spaced. You know, like it, a, a logo or something you're drawing can look like really heavy on one side versus the other. And so, if something isn't symmetrical, it might look kind of funny on the left side of a car or right side. So it's like there's all of these different things that you have to take into consideration with this. And it's like you may have something that looks great for head on, but looks completely out of place from the side because you know it doesn't follow the line the body lines of the vehicle or things like that so i mean it's it it's weird like your use of space and things like that that you don't really consider um you know as you start getting into stuff like this you notice you know like man there's you know way more that goes into this stuff than i just had kind of thought on the surface you know when you first start to tackle something because i mean especially with logos i mean i know like with me at my philosophy is kind of like less is more, you know, yes. like do, do something bold that has an impact and isn't so busy that people have to kind of like hunt for the name or, you know, yep. the icon that you've given it. So it's, it, it's definitely, you know, one of these processes that it kind of like comes to you over the period of time, you know, and then you start to figure it out. And it's, I mean, there's, there's so much more into like designing a logo I agree 100% that less is more. Um, and just say, say you're trying to come up with a new business. Your name has to be catchy. It needs to be short and sweet so that you can add .com to it and not, mm -hmm. you know, not be too complicated. It needs to be something people's going to remember, and and it also has to stand out. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that that simple little picture needs to do. Oh yeah, and then absolutely. with that, I mean, there's there's you know. Uh, I don't know what you'd call it, but the, the the human brain is attracted to certain colors, and and it associates certain colors with certain things. Mm -hmm. You know, that's there's people. I mean, you can research it if you. There's a reason the McDonald's logo is yellow and red. Yeah, exactly. If, you know, In, they, they could have picked green and purple or any colors they want, but there's science behind why it's yellow and red. I always get really envious of the companies that have like an icon and this is something that I've always wanted for my business, but I've never come up with a good one. And Adam and I were playing around the other night on the computer and coming up with a logo for his stuff that he's doing right now. And it was kind of crazy, like watching the evolution of it is like, okay, it started with this idea and then each little you know, like rendering of it is something's changed until it finally gets to where you want. But like, 
having an icon is huge because I'm so jealous of companies like Element or Axial where they can just have their little icon and you know immediately yep. who it is and <laughs> you know and, and like you don't you don't even have to take the time reading it like the Ford oval for example it's like right. you, you don't read Ford every time you see it it's just you know blue oval the shape you know it's you Ford it, and yeah. yeah exactly and that gets ingrained in your mind well, there's and, a there's an app it's a game on your phone uh, don't know the name of it, but it, it'll it'll show you a brand and ask you what you know. Give you ten color choices, and you have to pick the colors to go with that. It's just that stuff right. that you remember. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy that, and then like the names, and you have a theme that you carry through all of your stuff, and so you've got all these awesome, really clever names. And I I know, like with myself, I don't. I mean. I don't have that to fall back on. And so for me, choosing names and stuff is one of the hardest things about what I do. Yes. It, it's, it's, it can be complicated. Unfortunately, still- like you said with me, I've, I've just taken the beef and just ran with it basically as, as cuts of meat. It, which is rad. And like, there's so much like just humor associated with the <laughs> names and stuff that you give things. that it's just, it's really unique because you don't, you don't really see that, you know, like nobody's ever like struck gold on a name and carried over this theme, like what you've been able to do. And it's just, it's, it's really cool. Cause whenever you come out with something, whether it's like, you know, beef shanks or beef tips and stuff, it just cracks me up. Cause it's like, dude, that's so perfect. Why couldn't everything be, you know, <laughs> so nice like that. It's, it's cool that it works that way. And it's anytime I'll, I'll post a, you know, a uh, like a spy photo of a new product, I'll get 10 or 12 comments, and that's what the people's comment is, is you know, what we should name it. <laughs> it's it's so much fun. Like, it's just, just even, like, your products aside, as great as they are, just there's so much appeal of just the names and stuff. And, like, it, it just, it, it's cool because it's just a super rare thing. I really, it's, I don't know, it's 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 neat that, you know, there's something like that that's unique that everybody can kind of enjoy and laugh about. Yeah, and it's it ties into the uh, drawing attention. Um, yeah, exactly. Funny, funny story to that. I've got a 18-foot uh, enclosed trailer that when I attend, events you know i load all my stuff in it and down the highway i go and i had it wrapped with the logo <laughs> and i was going to an event in illinois oh it was 2018 and i'm out in the middle of illinois driving up the highway and you know there's nothing but cornfields and cows and my phone alerts me i got an email so i'm <laughs> reading my emails and driving down the highway and obviously, it was one of the cars that had just passed me. They sent an email. They contacted me through the website and was <laughs> wanting to know. And it was it was obviously a younger person. They was wanting to know exactly what beef tubes was. Um, <laughs> they was in the car with their mom, and they was discussing it as they was behind me. And the mom couldn't come up with no ideas, and the kid thinks it has something to do with artificial insemination of cows. <laughs> no way. 100% true story. Because oh my God, that's their, their reason for thinking that was because I have a uh, camper air conditioner on top of my enclosed trailer. 
and they was thinking that my trailer was refrigerated, so I'm hauling cow sperm down the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> I never, ever in a million years would have made that connection. That was so funny it's, that somebody did. It's, it's, it draws attention. <laughs> <laughs> you know you're in the country when. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, that's great. <laughs> right on. Oh, yeah, sorry, I was going to say No, it's okay. I was going to say there's really only and I wonder if it has to do with that whole like I guess if cows slash you know bulls whatever if that's like the only thing that seems to be able to keep, you know, some sort of like theme going on because Cow RC is I think the only other brand I know that can keep a theme going around one thing. Yeah, he's, oh, he's that's right. Yeah, he's done an excellent job as well with with you know tying in the cows and all his products. They're they're all the name is all you know beef related somehow as well. That's so great. Yeah, so I wonder if it just has to do with something about you know if if it's just cows. You know, if it's that if it's that breed, if that's the only thing that can seem to like stay, you know, in relevance or you know right. Because that's it. That's the only one I've ever. Those are you. Those two are the only ones I've ever seen. Otherwise, everybody's like tr they try, but I don't think it ever totally stays around the same theme. Yeah, and it's it's getting hard for us because uh, there's only only so many ways you can butcher a cow. <laughs> we're, we're, we're we're running out of cuts of meat. <laughs> I'm curious if it ever gets to the point of where you've got something that is named in relation to veal, what that would possibly <laughs> <Yeah>. be. <laughs> Start branching off the different aspects. That could be really interesting. <laughs> it, it's cool that people have latched, like, I really think that people have latched onto your brand too, just because of the humor side of it and everything. Like I think yeah. it's something that's endearing to people. And I, I was just scrolling through Facebook the other day and I saw a dude who had a brand new body. He had done up and everything. And the only sticker on the entire rig was a beef tubes one on each door. And when you see something like that, that really speaks volumes about like, you know, the loyalty of your fan slash customer base with what you're doing. Cause you know, like, and, and that's such a crazy feeling when you get somebody well, you know that's like that into it and wants to right. put your name on their stuff, you know, it, it's kind of surreal. As the business, it's like you said, it, it's surreal. It's and I don't never, I've never been well at explaining it, but it's it's an awesome feeling that you get when you see that. Yeah, it's and it's. I mean, you know, what do you say? It's a simple thank you. Just to me, ain't good enough. But you know, how do you go above and beyond that? It's just like you yeah. said, you, you're just scrolling through Facebook, and it, it's obviously somebody that's supported the product. But I don't yeah. know him, you know, from Adam. It's just, it's, but it's it's the feeling you get. And like I said earlier, when people compare your company to, you know, a, a Vanquish or an Axio, it's just like, wow, you know, <laughs> how do you, how do you respond to that? Yeah, exactly. It's pretty pretty humbling experience. And then when like that that truck you saw with that sticker, it, that ties to you. You know, you printed that sticker. It's just like, yeah, yeah. It's funny how it's that like, works. Hey, I made yeah. that. <laughs> it's 
it's pretty rad and i that's one of the things that i get a lot of enjoyment about too is like when you're looking at it it's like how many times something that you've done has kind of like changed hands almost you know by yeah. the time it gets gets to the end user right so it's, it's really cool and that's that that goes into a, a whole nother subject of how tight and close-knit the manufacturing side of the scale hobby is yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a lot of companies um, are have great working relationships and friendships with each other, which is cool. It's just to me, it's as cool as the group of people that enjoy playing with the cars. Oh yeah, like I I get a ton of enjoyment just doing stuff with other people. Like they're all the retail customers and like you know dealers like A Main and stuff. That's great and everything, but when there's just something about working with another business because 90% of the time, probably even better than 90% of the time you kind of click on an idea that you come up with and stuff and you get excited about it. And, you know, like it's just, it's, it's neat partnering up on different little things like that. And, you know, people in different aspects of the industry contributing you know their their portion of it to something like i i think probably one of the coolest examples of that would probably be the vs410 series with all the people from the industry that were involved with making that thing a reality like yeah that that's pretty cool and stuff like that is just the most fun thing ever to be a part of it's it's really neat and most business owners know exactly you know where your head's at with stuff and they're a little less demanding than retail customers and stuff like that but uh i don't know it's just it's cool it's it's neat being part of little projects and stuff that's that's a huge source of enjoyment for me and this hobby. I agree. Definitely. Um, I was going to say, do you want to switch over to look through the comments from Facebook or questions? Cause yeah, yeah, you bet we're almost an hour in already. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say, cause we got, yeah. Cause we kind of got a lot to go over. (laughs) I'm one of those type of guys that I, I enjoy sitting around talking about RC cars as much oh, as I God. enjoy driving them. <laughs> Me too. And th- this is like oh, yeah. one of my only chances to really hang out and be social. Like there's really only one other guy that I sit around and just have conversations with. And is that it, yourself? You know, <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it depends on the day. But yeah, I mean, like I've... I've Brett from uh, Die Hard RC, which is yeah. a big scale RC park. He and I spend a lot of time, you know, talking about stuff. And he lives, you know, like twenty minutes away from me. But really, I mean, anybody else? Like the podcast is kind of my chance to like sit down and just talk about stuff. And yeah, it's fun. You know. It's it's cool. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, that was like that's like Michelle's dad always. Um, he always gives me a hard time because we go to events and sometimes I spend more time sitting around BSing with people because it's like that's the only time you get to see them. You don't see them on a daily basis, so you almost don't go out trailing or anything. You're like sitting around just BSing and then maybe hit the trail for like twenty, thirty minutes and you're done. And he's like, I wanted to be out there. You're, and I'm like, Well, let's go. You know, just because we're talking doesn't mean you gotta. You know, sit around. Right. Well, and that part of it really is fun. Like the, the sitting around BSing and stuff, you know, because it's just, it's not, I don't know, at least for me, it's not a super common thing to where you just can kind of connect to anybody over 
a mutual interest, you know, and it's like you can not know somebody and you can sit there and talk for 10, 15 minutes about all the things that they think is cool and you think is cool. And I mean, it's just the social aspect of it is so much fun. And I mean, that makes up such a large portion of the enjoyment of this hobby. And you, you know, is you just, just talking. You've, when you attend events, you've met somebody that, you know, enjoys the same thing you do that you would have never met otherwise. Oh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't even know Adam if it wasn't for the first Axial Fest we went to. Right. You know, I, I had seen him and Elio on YouTube and stuff, and, you know, I was, like, fans of the stuff they were doing, you know, and especially with, like, kids and everything. And, you know, if it wasn't for that, I, you know, I think about it. It's like, man, if it wasn't for that one moment, I would have missed out on this big friendship that's led to so many <laughs> other things down right. the road. It's just crazy. Yep. Um, okay. Uh, all right. I just pulled it up. Um, the first one wasn't really a question. It was more just like, I think he's sharing a picture. It says crawlers on Sunday don't understand the distancing. Um, and it's just like a picture of like four or five crawlers, like back to back to back. Um, and then Chris Trudeau said, have we talked how cool about how cool the Kyosho mini Z crawler is? Anyone else wishing they scale it up for the standard crawler platform? I know the mini axial crawlers, low C trail trekker, etc. Thoughts on those and other micro crawlers, and possibly the new f found indoor crawler courses we may have to improvise until this madness ends. So that's kind of like a two-part question. I guess he wants to know our thoughts on the mini Z, and you know if they should, you know, make it tenth scale instead of what is that twenty fourth? Just like the axial and stuff. I'm not. I'm not yeah. sure if they're twenty. Are they twenty fourth? I know they're small. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't remember. Like twenty fourth or thirty second or something like that. Kyosho's always. They're. I don't know, and I don't know why they are that way, but they're always different. Yep. Yeah, it's a it's a weird company because like their race cars are super well known and you know pretty darn expensive you know they're considered almost you know kind of a luxury race vehicle like x-ray is and yeah, stuff yeah. and uh it, it's weird because kyosho will do something like the mini z and they'll do it really really well and then they'll put out something that's like a, a basher rig or more recently like the uh their version of a trophy truck and it's like they'll do some weird stuff where they just it's almost like they don't quite get it yet like what the consumers are wanting you know but it's it's kind of like how associated was my my son and I especially we talked for you know we've talked a lot about this but we always said you know the day that one of the big manufacturers like low c or kyosho or associated the day they take an interest in scale rc and uh you know we're going to enter the arena it's going to be kind of a game changer and it's going to force everybody to step up. And I think we've really started to see that, you know, especially like with, with element and everything. Yeah. And I think, I think Traxxas helped kind of break the ice with that. I mean, yeah. everybody knows Traxxas is a basher and yep. they're awesome at that. And then they release a scale truck and it was just like, Ooh. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. when they did that, if uh, myself and a few others in the, you know, the industry was like, okay, who's next? You know, yeah, so, somebody's exactly. going to do it, and it was associated, obviously, and they killed it. Yeah, and with Kyosho, I just don't. I like you said, their their race cars, you know, a scale buggies and such are awesome top of the line products, but they they're just 
I don't know. They're swinging and missing when it comes yeah, to the scale stuff. It, it, it's so the, strange. The 24 scale stuff is cool. I mean, you can... Um, we was traveling to an event in Florida, and it was awesome driving down the road in an RV, sitting in a passenger seat and having a you know 10-gate course set up on the dashboard. But, that's so great. <laughs> it's, they, they have their purpose, but I think oh, yeah. if you're going to you know, branch out into the scale market, you, it, it needs to be test scale. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. It's the, there's, for whatever reason, there's always a lot of hate on Facebook towards when someone releases a small scale rig. But last time I checked on a main and I don't know if this is true today, but a couple of days ago when I had looked, they were completely out of SCX 24s. So that really the says something about it. Show. Yeah. yeah, so it's, it's like I think everybody's buying them to have crawler courses in their living room and stuff. So, I mean, it's like I I totally feel like those things have their place, and it's probably going to you know take an event like what we're dealing with right now to where people are going to kind of realize like, oh, hey, you know what? This isn't so bad after all. Yeah, and we, we uh, me and myself and the Kirby's from Team K&K, we started, never completed, but back when ProLine come out with Little Ambush. You know, it's mm-hmm. a bunch of local guys got them, and it was winter time. And we said, "Look, everybody, buy a half a sheet of plywood, four foot by four foot, and build it. You know, with foam, rock, whatever, however you want. And then, you know, on Sunday, everybody bring your your Proline ambush, twenty four scale crawler, and your four by four crawling course, and we'll set them up. You know, on sawhorses, and turn your four by four piece <laughs> into a you know a a 16 by 16 or whatever, how many people show up. And it's cool because it'd be like, rad. <laughs> it's like puzzle pieces. So it's the course is never the same. That is yeah. super cool. That is a great idea. I feel bad with ProLine because like, I honestly feel like they were kind of ahead of the game when they released the ambush, you know, they, and, my personal opinion, I love ProLine. I think they shot themselves in the foot with the 24 scale. You know, if you, the way they sold parts, if you spun a drive shaft, which is virtually impossible, in one of those little cars, <laughs> you had to buy a $25 parts bag to get the drive shaft. Oh, see, I never versus buying a, into it like that. Right, yeah. I think that's what, what killed it, and that's my opinion. I don't know, but... Well, it's kind of like Traxxas with the funny car and stuff. It's like that was totally ahead of its time, too. And it's got to be so frustrating to go through all the expense and the tooling and the mold making and stuff only to have it kind of flop. And then, you know, a year later, all of a sudden, it's like right. the biggest thing ever. And you discontinue it. Like, I can't imagine what that's like for these guys. It's got to be so frustrating. They'll, they'll have a car. I mean, well, they've already got a car. I mean, 99% yeah. of your no prep guys are you know, starting with either a slash or a bandit. So, you know, Traxxas yeah. already has the yep. parts. They just need to combine them into one box and start selling it. And yeah, and it's it's a matter of time. time. Yeah. Yeah. With Associated yeah. doing it, I mean, it's it's coming. Yeah, for sure. And it wouldn't surprise me, honestly, if Axial don't do something. Yeah, really. I mean, why wouldn't they? I, think I mean, a people, idea. a lot of people don't know Axial. Axial was around uh, way before the scale and the crawler scene. Yeah, because they were what? Were they engines first Nitros. or monster trucks? Nitro, Nitro engines. So, and then they moved into monster trucks yep. after that then? Okay. Yep. God, that's crazy. Uh, let's see. I'm losing my spot. Okay. Uh, this one's 
not really scale related, but I'll put it on the show anyways. Will 35s fit without a lift? Glenn Danzig wants to know. <laughs> Depends on how many sawzall blades you have. <laughs> That's the best answer yet. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what, I mean, not to get this totally off scale, but I don't know what, what it is with people trying to fit the biggest tire with no, like, with no lift like that and having to hack the crap out of it just to put it on there. It's like, I don't, I just don't see what the joy is in that. I mean, I've had people ask me on my, on my new 2500 if, if they're like, oh, are you going to do this? And it's like, not if it doesn't just fit on there because I don't feel like cutting a bunch of stuff on an expensive truck just to right. fit bigger tires. Right. Well, anymore, but, um, 35s aren't even considered big now. It's like no, that's a, cool that's a stock tire on a, on a yeah. heavy-duty truck. So crazy. Yeah, that's, it's funny because I know back in like middle school to early, right about high school, everybody was like, oh, if you could fit 35s, that was like the cool thing. Now it's like, <laughs> you don't put 40s on your truck, you ain't shit. Yeah, exactly, dude. Exactly. <laughs> with, um, with 28-inch wheels. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God, don't get me started on that. <laughs> Idiots. So Sean, so Sean Harp wants to know: high clearance links versus normal links. Are there pros and cons? Well, Dan makes them. He's a perfect person to ask for that. Yeah, that's. Uh, and if you notice, if you buy one of our link kits with high clearance, um, it is only we only high clearance the rear links. And oh, it's okay. It's something. It's hard to explain in words. I mean, if I could draw a picture for everybody right now, they'd be like, I'll be damned. That makes 100% sense. Is it just because of the way it's like the belly would slide with, across stuff? Exactly. With, if, you, uh, if you're looking at a side, you know, a side shot of a scale rig or a crawler, it, I, like I said, it's hard to explain. But so many of your aftermarket chassis are going with a slanted skid, and you want that, you want that line from basically your front wheel nut to be straight with the skid all the way back and then I don't know it's hard to explain I said if I could draw you a picture it makes sense but that's your breakover angles and stuff they're really I see no purpose in having high clearance links on the front of the truck unless you're driving backwards no kidding oh, it makes sense now it's just like that's not something I would have thought of before. I mean, the angled skid, yeah, like that. That's super, super smart. I mean, I remember seeing that on the Toyzuki chassis, and I was like, "Dude, that's absolutely brilliant." Yeah, something so, so I, small is so brilliant. Yeah, yeah, and I've never had like a technical answer about you know like why some links are the way they are. It's all it's if they're designed right, it's all about the breakover angles and such. If you don't mind how they look, honestly, I think it's probably a very good way to go if you're building something. I mean, it's, it, it's not like the most scale-looking thing no. having the bent links in the back, but, I mean, if you don't care about that, I'd say absolutely yeah. buy them. It's, it's competition at well, that point. It's not scale. You're not building for scale. Right. Right. And that was the one thing I was going to say. The only con I can actually really think of is because um, I've seen them on a couple of them. I mean, not everybody makes – you know, links the same, but I forget what set of high clearance links I had. I had them on a rig, and the the clearance was so high that you would smack your drive shaft before you'd hit the links. <laughs> so, so <laughs> you've, you've you've bolted something on that does absolutely nothing at that point. Exactly. 
<laughs> yeah, so I'm like, all right, so that's just – I said either I need to really push my opinion up to the sky or I need to get different links. I mean, there's just one of those, like I said, aren't you kind of defeating the purpose and now you're putting all the pressure on another spot to fail? Right, right. Yeah, that, that's kind of like – But that was really the only conflict. <laughs> to the hobby. Um. And then somebody asked, I won't name names, but how many purple crayons does it take to make the number C if you only had 14 baby ducks? Seven. It works for me. It's, it's seven. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was going to say it's, it's letter C is the answer, but <laughs> I don't know. If, multiple choice you can't lose with C. <laughs> and then uh, from Paul... Oh my god, I'm going to butcher this last name. Shulman? I think is how you say it. How can we promote having fun for yourself in the hobby instead of getting caught up in the competition, brand fighting, and the bashing, or just not knowing a certain thing? Uh, That's tough. Well, Jay, you kind of answered this online. Uh, stay off Facebook. <laughs> yeah, you know, we were at an event one day and we were a bunch of us, like guys I had never met, we were all, you know, on the trail kind of hanging out waiting and stuff and just for the hell of it, I just was thinking and I said, you know what, guys? I said, can you imagine how good of friends we would all be if it wasn't for Facebook? And like everybody just kind of like started laughing and stuff and they're like, yeah, actually, like look at us here all, you know. 10, 12 of us hanging out, just doing our thing and having the time of our lives. You know, it's like, man, it, it just, it can interrupt so much enjoyment. Yeah. It's funny. It's, oh, yeah. it's, it's, that statement is hilarious, but it's so true. Yeah. And you have to, you have to, I mean, social media, good God, the negativity is ridiculous. And we've had this conversation before Jay. It's, Oh yeah. At first it's tough. And, and as a business owner, it, it's, tenfold but you learn I mean once you've been in the game for a while look at the name and the profile of the person that's being negative and chances are you've never heard of them you've never seen them at an event you know it's 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 they're keyboard warriors they're just internet tough yeah. guys and very true back to elementary school bullies picking on you he's wanting a reaction so, you know, to that guy's question, how to avoid it, don't answer. Don't respond to them, and they'll leave. They'll go somewhere else. Oh, yeah, absolutely, because otherwise you're giving them what they want. I mean, right. it, you we, you and I have had a lot of conversations about that where you've kind of had to hold my hand and be like, hey, dude, you know, th this is the way to handle it, and just kind of shrug it off and on to the next thing. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's hard. Believe me, good God. Oh, yeah. It's hard because <laughs> you want to yep. respond well, and you want to say something, but it's just like, meh, it ain't worth my breath. Yeah. Well, I've always felt that if everybody did everything with like a business mindset, meaning like how is this going to reflect me? How is this going to reflect my business? How is this going to be like are there going to be, you know, positives to this? It will create negative you know, feedback, what's what's it going to do instead of just posting or, you know, answering something, I think that would self-weed out a lot of the issues. It, it would help. Because, would help. because, I mean, as a business, you know, your number one goal is you don't try to get online and pick fights with people. You don't, you know, as a business owner, you usually don't get on there to belittle people, even, you know, especially if they're 
people that could uh, potentially be, you know, buying your product or using your services. Um, so if you like those two problems right there, in my opinion, is kind of what a lot of the drama usually comes around. It's like somebody just saying, you know, I want to post this up because it's controversy, and I want to see what somebody says about it. Yep, looking looking for a reaction. That's it. Yep. So and that's that's as far as you said about you know creating negativity towards your own business. Um, that's uh, I don't know if you're aware. I'm sure Jay is the hashtag eighty grit um, was <laughs> <laughs> that was given to me by a customer, and they had bought a product and just couldn't figure it out and I was trying to answer their questions the best way I could without just being a raging ass well it got to the point where I just I couldn't help myself no more and I thought dude I've just you know I've I've lost this guy he's not responding he ain't coming back he ain't giving me no more money whatever he responds and he said you know what Dan he said you're like 80 grit sandpaper he said, you're rough, but you're to the point. And it finally clicked on him, you know, what I was trying to tell him. And, that, right. and that's, you know, that's what I, that's where that came from. It's like that that was a actual customer, a conversation we was having. And it was like, you know, I'm trying to help you, but I'm getting frustrated. It's like, <laughs> you know, what color crayon do I need to draw you a picture? <laughs> Oh, that's great. Yeah. I say I think a, a lot of us can say we've been there at that point. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, social, social media is tough. Dan Sutherland. Yeah. Dan Sutherland, what do you think is going to be the next big thing in Scale RC? Oh God. I personally, I I see. I see another manufacturer releasing a truck, a tenth scale truck. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's, it, I think you're probably right because I mean, every time I think like, okay, there couldn't possibly be something new, like there is, and especially this year, like this year's been crazy for new stuff coming out. So it's been, I don't know, I I, I could I could see that, yeah, and I mean, honestly, I I hope that that's the case you know yeah I mean, it's great all... new new trucks are great for us oh yeah absolutely oh yeah and i um i, I would i would love to see axial bless their souls <laughs> come out with a new truck not parts and pieces from all the other trucks they've made in the past and calling it a new truck and, and i think it's <laughs> i think it's a matter of time it's going to happen yeah yeah I, I that'd be a safe bet. Um, let's see, Alan. Another one that I'm gonna butcher, Brigden. I'm up in uh, BC, Canada, and I'm always let down when I go into my local hobby shop as they do not carry a whole lot of, of stock. I have been thinking that a direct-to-consumer system would be awesome, like the mountain bike industry have an RC company provide a kit and the option upgrades online. So when you start with the kit, when you uh, then you could pick up like the bumpers, wheels, body, etc. that you want online. Have it all shipped to your local hobby shop to pick up. And he said that's basically an idea I've been thinking about. Uh, what do you think? Um, and keep up the good work. Um, the only issue that I see with that is, I mean, I don't know. It 
unless there's somebody who's willing to have all that stock on hand to provide that service, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, it would have to be it would have to be a built to order type thing, I believe. Like you said, that would you know, how much you would have to be, you know, a main size. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, see, and it, and it's funny you said that. I think a main would probably be the closest where you could actually do that because when you're buying stuff, they actually say items that people, you know, um, have also purchased or looked at, and some of them are recommendations to finish what you're doing. Like right. when you buy a, a car, they're going to recommend a battery and a charger because they know that the battery, the car doesn't come with a battery and a charger. Right. So. Really rare thing to see, and it's super smart. Like I, I love when they do that. You know, like because I mean, I, I've used that feature and been like, oh yeah, I need that too. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, that would be the closest, but I think like just the amount of stock. I just don't know anybody who can do it. I mean, a, like I said, A Main would be the closest. So Alan, if you're listening, the closest would probably be if you ordered something from A Main. Otherwise, go ahead. No, I'll just say otherwise, I just don't see it because, I mean, like, think about it. You have Proline making bodies. Tamiya makes bodies. Uh, J-Concept makes bodies, and those are just three of the big ones. Who? Kn- what about all the other little guys making bodies in between? Right. Then you got tires. You got to carry all the Proline, the, the RC foil drive. I mean, like, it's just – you're just – there's so much to carry. I just don't see how somebody could say, yep, I'm going to have all that sitting around. So when you want to order that one, um, <laughs> you know – idea that you had where you wanted you know B- BFG cam threes with a scout body and a this kit and those shocks I mean I just don't see how everyone's going to have all of that just for that um, and for as that, soon as, you know, as, one, as soon as you thought you had everything you're going to have a customer that's wanting a tire that you don't have <laughs> or yeah, they're, that's or they're what I'm saying for brand the, a bumper that you don't have or a color of paint that you don't have well, exactly. And, two, oops, and I, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I, I mean, in a perfect world or, you know, with somebody who had the overhead to do that, I think it'd be a great idea, but you're just not, I mean, I just don't think you'll ever be able to satisfy everybody's unique or individual wants, you know? Yeah, you, you would have to, my opinion would be, you would have to narrow it down. Like, you know, do you want, <clears throat> do you want to start with an SGX-10 element or a TRX-4? And then, you know, as tires, you would basically multiple choice. You would have four tires to pick from, you know, four bodies exactly. to pick from or something. It just it wouldn't be feasible to try to supply the customer with endless options unless, like I said, you did it on a built-to-order uh, terms, and then, then it would maybe work. But then at that time, you're going to get into the, you know, the customer wants this body. Well, crap, they're out of stock everywhere. <laughs> exactly. They yeah, would be, you know, with, so, they could just kind of even, I mean, this guy could kind of go one step further. I mean, I, I don't know, you know, obviously I don't know what the owner of his local hobby shop is like or anything, but you know, a lot of hobby shops will special order stuff <laughs> for you. And oftentimes it's going to be, you know, like this, the same 
amount of time would pass whether you bought it online or if you had your local hobby shop place a special order for it and you can kind of coach the hobby shop owner if he's not super familiar with the scale side of things you know he'll he'll start seeing you know like oh okay this is something that got a lot of interest and you know i'm noticing i'm ordering this part more and then you know you can kind of help him sort of build up his his inventory that way you know and a lot of times too too. I mean, I've, I've seen some hobby shops, even that if you do special order something, they'll throw it in on a stocking order. And so you end up not even having to pay shipping. So, uh, you know, if, if it, it's not going to take that much more time and you're doing a big service to the hobby in your community, you know, in your area by going to a local hobby shop and, you know, trying to order as much as you can from them, because it really the benefits are almost the same as getting it online. And like you said, Jay, if, if if you maybe your hobby shop owner isn't familiar with that aspect of the hobby, and right. and uh, I know the local hobby shops around here, I've you know got great relationships with the owners because of business, but they they want to carry what you want to buy. Yeah. So I would recommend to this guy, you know, go in there and you know find out who the owner is and talk to him. And not only is it, you know, it'll help grow the hobby because he'll have parts on his shelf. It'll help him because he's making sales. And I've got, shoot, I don't know how many hobby shops, you know, authorized dealers I've picked up for the simple fact is it starts off as a phone call or an email to me where they're saying, hey, I've I've had customers come in asking if we carried your product. And, you know, they don't. They wasn't aware of it. So maybe... That's what this guy needs to do is, you know, approach his local hobby shop owner. And that also makes it good for him being, I believe you said he was in Canada, is it's going to save. Yes. It's going to save, like if he was to come to me direct and buy from my website, shipping is astronomical because it's international. But, you know, I have no control over that. If his hobby shop owner wanted to place, you know, a, a larger order, He's going to pay that same shipping cost where he can, you know, split it up amongst each individual part and recoup it. Right. So it's and then and then the customer could go buy it directly from him and not have to pay that twenty three dollar first class shipping or whatever it is to Canada. So it's a win win for everybody. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully that'll help him. I, I think I feel like that's some really solid info for him. You know, and it kind of goes back to what especially Adam's always preaching, you know, is, you know, support the, support your local hobby shop first if you can. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. If, if you can. <laughs> if they don't have what you want, obviously, you know, you're going to go elsewhere, but, you know, take the time to, to talk to them and see. Like I said, most, any hobby shop I've ever been in, it's, it's the owners are cool and, you know, they, they want to sell what you want to buy, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. Well, final question is from Colin Branch. He says, what do you think about the mega truck movement? Is it going to take off? Why or why not? <laughs> uh. I mean, it's kind of like the monster truck movement. I mean, you're basically taking a monster truck, just putting super skinny wheels on it. And so, I mean, it's kind of like one of those things, if somebody wants to do it, I could see it being popular, but I don't know. It might take enough people kind of like the no prep drag to get it to be really popular. Yeah. I think it's it's I think it's uh, geographical. 
Um, yeah, because monster trucks really is too, huh? Yeah, the the mega truck RC in Florida is huge, but also the one to one, you know, mega trucks are are huge in Florida. I just recently started watching YouTube videos of that. So, little background info: Colin is one of my friends that I race with, and he's also a driver that SOR sponsors. And uh, this is kind of his first foray into anything other than either 10th scale uh, off-road racing or 8th scale nitro racing. And so he's kind of learning about the hobby now that he found a segment that he's interested in. And he's, you know, just kind of new to all of this. And uh, I don't know. I I hope they take off because honestly, like, he keeps posting these links to videos and it's got me excited because it does look really, really fun. So I, you know... I, I they're think cool. That... They're cool as can be. I mean, like you said, you're oh yeah slapping on these six, seven inch tall, one inch wide tires with just ridiculous KV motors, <laughs> you know, on four, yeah. six, so and just letting them eat. And and my recommendation to him is if if he enjoys it and he thinks they're cool, build one and promote the heck out of it. You know, locally. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Take a little bit of the responsibility on your shoulders and help generate that interest because i mean the time you put into that it's going to directly benefit you as far as the level of fun you're going to get out of it you know i mean it's like anything you get out of it what you put into it if you're trying to start a movement then you know that's the the best way to do it you know and i he's doing a good job because he's managed to sucker in me and a couple other people too (laughs) he's he's, he's doing he's making progress yeah, yeah, he he really is because it wasn't even something on my radar at first. You know, I had seen a couple clips from like Busted Knuckle or Mad Ram on YouTube, and now it's been like every night when I'm falling asleep, I've got you know YouTube on checking out these one to one mega trucks and mud trucks, and it's it's uh it's bringing out the inner hillbilly in me. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yes, you know, like build, I said in the past, build one and and. When, like you said, he races with you. If you're at a, a 10 scale buggy race, take it with you. You know, in downtime, let it rip somewhere, and people's going to be like, wow, what the heck was that? You know? Oh, yeah. And for just, sure. just like I said, promote it. If it's if it's something that he enjoys and he likes and he thinks cool, you know, what's the, the Field of Dreams movie? Build it and they'll come. Yep. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, all I was going to say was, like I said in the past, you know, I took my other Gravedigger <clears throat> threw some of those uh, Pro-Line boggers on it just to make it more like a mud truck. I mean, a true mud truck would have, like, the mud slingers on it, but just to have something different. And I just finished putting in the uh, that other uh, castle motor that I had originally in my drag car. So <laughs> I just need to get it out in some mud and just let it open up. Yeah. It really does look fun. One of the things he's really struggling with right now, though, is that because he is racer guy and like us racers, we habitually keep things clean, you know, whether it's tires or anything else, you know, because you're cleaning it in between races so that you can inspect it for damage and stuff like that. And that is such a hard thing to turn off. Like I have a element sitting on the shelf that has dirty tires and like, dude, it's everything within my soul is saying like clean the tires you can't put it back back dirty you know it's such a foreign thing and so like with him it's like dude you got to understand like to get the full experience out of this you kind of just almost have to build something that you just 
more or less don't care about, you know, and it's just completely 180 from everything that we've been taught from the moment we got into the hobby. So it's super funny having these conversations with him. Yeah. Well, that was it for the questions. Um, was there anything else you guys wanted to add? Um, actually, yeah, I, I had a question for Dan and I actually, I kind of purposely haven't asked this until we were able to get him on here, but <laughs> what piqued your interest in the 14th scale semi stuff and create, you, you know, like what, how did all of this take place? Because now you've got another product line, which is, you know, gear jammer and, you know, how, how did all of that come about? Because it's, it, so much of that carries over to regular scale RC. Cause I mean, it, it's the same level. Well, the level of detail might even be more so than with scale RC because of the kits you guys get. But I mean, what, what sparked the interest there? Because I, I see this as a growing thing and, um, it, it kind of caught my attention when I was watching a video of the U S scale truck expo when they had, you know, the semi truck stuff with like parking and things like that. And it, it was some really cool looking activities and stuff. So, you know, what, what got you involved in that? And what is it that you guys do? You know, if you have like events or get togethers, I mean, I, I, I don't even know enough about it to know what to call it. Well, it's, it's started. I mean, there's several manufacturers out there, but Tamai is the big one um, mm -hmm. with the 14 scale uh, semis. And they've got, I did some research just recently. I think they released them late 80s. And wow. I've, I've wanted one since then. I was a kid. You know, it's like, man, those are just cool. But they, at the time, they seem expensive. You know, a truck's going to cost you four or $500. Well, after you've been in the scale hobby, you realize that, man, that's not expensive. Right. But, and I finally picked one up, and it's, it's I don't know where you got, I mean, your start in RC, but my first hobby-grade RC was a Tamiya. It was a stadium blitzer, and I was probably 10 years old, so 30 years ago. Wow. But it building... That to my semi, it just it it brought back so many memories sitting down and building that truck because all the Tamaya's cars have something in common. So it's I've that, noticed that that was cool, you know, just getting to build one that I hadn't built in thirty years. Like man, it's, it just felt good. But as far as the fourteen scale scene, it's it's one of those. I'm glad I finally committed and bought a truck because it's I've been in it less than a year now, and I believe I have either 12 or 13 semis now, which is stupid. Wow. <laughs> but, but it's one of those, and it's just as the same with crawlers. It's big, but you don't know about it unless you're involved in it. Right. And as soon as I built my first one, I seen tons and tons and tons of room for improvement on how to make these trucks better. So that's where Gear Jammer started. I was building mine, customizing it, and there's several several U.S. companies that, you know, make aftermarket parts for them, but the majority of everything is European. It's You would not believe how big 14 scale is in Europe. It's Really? It's, oh, it's, get on YouTube. It is huge. Well, they, I was going to say, 
they set up these You're, events that are like week-long events where they build entire 14-scale cities. No way, oh, really? It, dude, it's nuts. Like you said, the scale, realism, and the 14-scale just blows the crawler scene out of the water. Wow. But, and that's, you know, and then I went to an event in Pennsylvania in January, and I was just like, oh, my God. It's, <laughs> I, I, for lack of better terms or reference, it was like a new drug for a, a drug addict, you know? It was like, wow. I just wrapped up in it. That is way too And like I said, it's I seen room for improvement and we've released several products so far and I've got a I don't know how many page lists of products that we're gonna make. But that's so rad ties back into our original conversation, you know, time. But it's I mean I and then what we're doing event wise, um, last year at K and K T T C there was I don't know, probably a dozen of us that brought our semis, and we just drove around, you know, and played with them. And then also what's big that you wouldn't be aware of unless you're involved in it is 14-scale heavy equipment. You know, RC four-wheel drive, they got their loaders and dozers and stuff, but that's that's just, I mean, it's huge. There's so much more out there. And Wow. Then I, you know, that's I work public utilities as a real job, natural gas. So I'm, you know, with equipment and digging holes and all that every day anyway. So it's, you know, it kind of ties to that. But it's, it's, I don't know. It's hard to explain. It's just, it's awesome. And the and the type of people that are involved in it are very similar to the majority of the scale hobby, where they're just good people. That's awesome. Yeah, but it's, you... and we're. Every event now, the the larger scale events are incorporating 14 scale, just a little bit, um, like the East Coast Scale Challenge. Uh, we'll do, or they'll do a 14 scale, you know, event. And I've come up with one. What we do is I basically scaled down a one to one CDL Class A test, where you can get online and see the dimensions for how you set your cones up and such to, you know, get a commercial driver's license. And I've 14 scaled it. <laughs> no <laughs> so, way. That is brilliant. So we do. That's that's an event. Is It's, uh, let's see, one three-part three event um, where you, one straight line backing, you know, you, you got a truck and a trailer, and you basically just try to back it straight up between cones. And then there's a offset backing, which is where you would pull. If you was a real truck driver, you backed into the wrong dock, so you got to pull out and back into the one next to it. And then, uh, you know, any trucker's nightmare is what they call an alley dock, where you try to back a 53-foot trailer into a dock out of an alley. <laughs> wow. But it's it's just it's fun. I mean, it could, because there's nothing. Like I said, I I enjoy comp when it comes to scale, but. It's it's a competition with the 14 scale, but it's not. It's it's organized chaos, if you will. It's just because everybody, you know, you're backing up and you back and you hit a cone and people start calling you a swift truck driver, or, you know, just different, you know, real truck companies. They just start making fun. It's it's an absolute blast. That is way too cool. And you you absolutely struck gold with the name. Like Gear Jammer was so perfect. That was you sent so... that email over so freaking hard <laughs> like we was talking oh. earlier just coming up with like god what what do you do you know dude it's so good though and like the logo is so sick looking like you just it, 
typical of like all the stuff that you've been doing like the names and everything are just so dead on and perfect like you've done such a great job with that i appreciate it no it's just it's cool to see man it really is yeah i like i said get on and i tell anybody get on youtube and they they say oh you know the semis are slow or or whatever but they're you would be amazed at how much weight you can pull with one and that they're just an absolute blast to drive Especially just you know, just like a scale truck, you're you're around a dozen other guys that enjoy the same thing you do. I hadn't even thought about the weight with like their towing capacity and stuff like that. I mean, I I'm so completely new to the whole idea of it all, even that I I mean that's just an area that I never even thought of either. Is well, that you know, an example is pull. the RC full drive their dozer that they make. If you combine that with their low boy trailer that they make, it's right at 100 pounds. What? And these little Tamiya trucks with plastic transmissions drag it all around anywhere you want to go. <laughs> no way. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I knew the equipment was heavy, but I, I didn't realize that heavy. You know, like in RC, like 12 pounds, 15 pounds is that's a heavy ridiculous yeah you know but oh my god that's gnarly yeah it's, i'm gonna have to watch videos now yeah, get on like, yeah, just get on youtube and search like 14 scale uh semis or equipment and you'll just you'll be amazed but yeah, it's sure. one of those it's it's it just you don't realize how big it is until you get into it and then it's like wow it's it's huge i mean they have you know weekend long events that's specific to the semis that is so rad. That, that's cool to hear. It's just, there's so much out there that people don't think of when, you know, the word scale RC comes up because it just seems to be associated with crawlers primarily. But like, there's just all these other awesome little worlds to explore, you know, within even the scale segment. And yes. That's, that, that's just pretty rad. Well, I, I got a message from Adam saying he was having a coughing fit and he had to mute. Yeah, you, I'm back. You, you, you're I'm back? back? Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I so, wanted to check before we sign off here and make sure that you were alive and okay. Yes, I'm alive. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I just didn't want it to come through really bad. So I was like, oh, I better hit that and I went and grabbed water. But anyways, um, no, what I was just going to say earlier and then I'll wrap it up is, yeah, Europeans in scale are like that's like a whole nother level. Like there's people over here that think they make stuff super scale. When you watch, <laughs> like Dan was saying with the with the trucking and even the heavy equipment stuff, to down to their train layouts, it's insane what yes. they do. Yeah, they they are ate up with it. I'm gonna have to spend exactly. some time checking that out. I I just recently oh. started looking at like the European Recon G6s and stuff and. Yeah, it's there's some really neat rigs on the well, side of the pond. I'll um, I'll message you later, Jay. But there's business opportunity for you as well in the the okay. 14 scale semi stuff. Well, actually, actually, when we get off here too, I there was something that I thought of uh, earlier today that I wanted to. I I need to make a sample and send you, so we'll get together and discuss that. But. Anyways, well, to wrap things up, dude, thank you so much. Like, I actually learned a lot tonight. And, awesome. Uh, you know, it, it's it's always been a lot of fun talking to you. And, you know, your sense of humor with everything has just always been really uh, 
a, a pleasure in this hobby for me. It's, 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 <laughs> you have to keep it great. fun, man. Oh you, man, you have to yeah. keep it fun. You know, you I I come from I've been in every aspect of RC that you could think of, and racing. I've raced every kind of RC car that you could probably name. You know, ten scale on road, off road, a scale on road, off road. It just and why I've settled down in the scale world is because of the fun. Racing is an absolute yeah. blast, but anytime you're competing for a trophy, as we discussed earlier, it, the politics, man, it just gets ridiculous. You, I have a friend in the scale hobby, a real close friend that we met 20 years ago racing a scale on road. We absolutely hated each other. Now we're like best friends. Because we no play with kidding. scale trucks, yeah. Because <laughs> we both That's quit racing. That's so rad. It's just, it's, and if you race, you know it's it's just like whoa. Yeah, it it's what got me. I mean, it, just getting involved in this has just been. It, it's so cool to enjoy RC is just a fun thing and not really have to care about it versus racing where you know it is semi serious and you do have rivalries and stuff like that but you know well, if, and in, in racing if you did if you wasn't a team driver say if you wasn't an associated team driver you race 12 scale carpet on road if you wasn't an associated driver you wasn't going to win for the simple fact that you have to have the latest and greatest you know part yeah. and the, they got the parts first yeah so you couldn't yeah. beat them <laughs> it was so frustrating but and <laughs> not a lot has changed, especially here with as uh, popular as carpet and turf has gotten here. It like you couldn't be more correct. I mean, it's just and with I always tell people getting in, getting into the scale, you know, the crawlers is no different than one to one. I've I had a one to one buggy. You don't when you go to the trails in a one to one, you don't care what little Johnny's got. You just want him to go with you. You know, it don't matter if he's wheeling a stock Jeep or a, a $250,000 rock buggy. You're all going out and having fun together. And the right. same thing yeah. applies in scale. It, you, it don't matter what brands you got. We can go out and have fun together. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Right on. Well, that's a perfect note for us to end on. So uh, I'll keep you guys on here and we'll say goodbye to everybody listening. So, Dan, thank you again very much. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And uh, thank you guys. I think you really, uh, you probably enjoyed this episode just like we did. This was a cool time. So uh, have fun, everybody, and uh, get out and play with your cars as soon as you can within. (laughs) Stay six feet away from each other. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Take it easy, everybody.